podcast is part of the Pod Syndicate family. For more criminally compelling shows, articles, and conversations, head to wearepodsyndicate.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this, the latest episode of the Rewatch Projects with Hannah and Mike. I am Mike, and I have got Hannah here with me. How are you? I'm well, thank you. Wonderful stuff. So we have reached uh, episode 12 of season one of Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., uh, and this is episode number eight of the Rewatch Project. This is our eighth show. Just to really confuse you. Uh, yeah, yeah, just to have two um, sort of naming schemes going on here. Mm. Um, but it's all academic anyway, because even if we had tried to synchronise the two, sooner or later we're going to move on to another franchise and the whole numbering system is going to get buggered anyway, yeah, so uh, absolutely. why concern ourselves a little bit about it? But um, before we get into any specifics around the episode that we're going to be covering, I just want to um, mention, um, do a little bit of housekeeping at the top of the show, because I'm always forgetting to do this and then end up having to do it at a really uh, awkward, contrived point in the proceedings. Okay. Um, just a quick reminder that we are on Twitter. At Rewatch Proj, we are starting to uh, amass followers. Um, whose followers? Followers makes it sound like a cult, doesn't it? Really, I don't know if I like that. It's like some podcasts, Agents of Shield. <laughs> well, it's like some podcasts refer, refer to their listeners as fans, and I've always thought that's a bit weird. I mean, fair enough if you're Joe Rogan, mm. um, you know, or Kevin Smith, but we are not. But we are not. No, we are neither of them. Mm. Uh, and it's just, yeah, it just it strikes me as a little bit strange because I think that the whole most people well not most people but a lot of people who listen to podcasts do podcast it's not a yeah there's no division there i don't really get it um but also just a quick reminder that we can be reached through email at rewatchprojectpodcast at gmail.com so uh, get in touch with us um that would be lovely to hear from you has anyone been Um, in touch uh, I don't know, actually. Um, well, I'll tell you what. Um, do you want to tell us a little bit about the yeah. episode we're going to be watching, like air dates, yeah. r- behind-the-scenes details, and while you're doing that, I'll have a look and see if we had an email. Okay, so the episode title is called Seeds. Mm. It was uh, broadcast on the 14th of January 2014. Plot synopsis, while investigating a problem at Shield Academy, Coulson and May turn up unexpected information about Sky's parents. Um, it is directed by Kenneth Fink, who is known for Homicide, Life on the Streets, and The Expanse, among oh, yes. lots of other things. Um, he has directed an episode of Fringe. There's lots of weeding connections in his in his biography, um, and it's written by Monica Awusu Breen, who wrote the episode The Well, um, oh, okay. episode eight. Um, and Jed Whedon. So I'm That's weird, Jed Whedon writing without Marissa Tankerone. Well, she's she's credited as creator Marissa yeah. Tankerone. Well she's credited on every episode. Yeah, but. yeah. But he, he's credited for a second time in this episode. Yeah, for, so for the script. Yeah, yeah. So I can't remember it that well, but I'm excited for it because she did such a good job on the well that I think the writing will be strong. Yes. Cool. Okay. Um we have had email yeah. um from a somebody I don't, no, we haven't heard from before. Um, do you want to read it or shall I read it? I'll read it. Okay, there we go. The email is entitled Hello from Salt Lake City. Hello, Mike and Hannah. Mia from Salt Lake City here. Big fan of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and, of course, your show. Well, thank you. Of course. Of course. Uh, really glad I found you as I really like the structure of your show and your personalities. I have started a rewatch of S.H.I.E.L.D. after recently completing the seventh season and this is a nice way of doing it. 
In the spirit of the show, I have questions for you for the non-spoiler section and one for the spoiler section. Mm. Mia, I love you. That's, That's amazing. Okay, uh, non-spoiler. Do you prefer the show when it leans into its MCU connections or when it does its own thing? And which character do you think the other person is most like? Oh, the other person. Oh, God. <laughs> spoiler question. From memory, what is your favourite story arc from all seven seasons? Speak soon. Mia. Okay. Thank you so much, Mia. That's a fantastic email, and I'm really pleased to hear that you're enjoying it. Mm. Um, that makes me feel really good. Mm. Okay, Mike, you go first then. Do you prefer the show when it leans into its MCU connections or when it does its own thing? And which character do you think I am most like? Gosh, I'm going to kind of cheat with the first question because I think <clears throat> I don't have a preference, but I think that the show has the sense to know when to stop doing the former. Mm. So I think that when the show starts, and I think we've kind of talked about this a little bit, is that when the show started, um, the only prehistory they had, a little bit like I always use the analogy, but like if you look at Star Trek Deep Space Nine, you know, in the first episode, Picard's in it, and you've got a bit set on the Enterprise, and they talk about the Borg. So they lean into the history of the prior shows. And I think that's similar to what they do here with the MCU. And I like that. I like that in the early episodes because it grounds the show within the universe. But I kind of think that later on in the show, when they do that less, I really like that because I think it's appropriate for the show at that point, mm. you know, because the show has got its own continuity. But if I had to fall down on a side, I think I'd probably prefer it when it, it it's in its own continuity because sometimes it can feel a little bit like... Um, the Simpsons did a, an episode um, where... It was the Simpsons spin-off special, mm. and it was just loads of four or five minute shorts that were all fake spin-off shows, and it was like Chief Wiggum PI and stuff <laughs> like that, and um, it fe- it sometimes feels a little bit like that. Like, there's a great joke in um, Angel, the Buffy spin-off, because in that he's a detective, and I always thought that was a bit of a dumb idea that he goes off and he becomes a detective, yeah. and. Spike, the character of Buffy, turns up and completely calls that out. It's like he's the voice of the audience. He's like, you're a detective. What next? Angel, cowboy vampire. <laughs> you know, it's like it can feel a little bit like that sometimes, I think, yeah. when you make too many references. So I prefer it when the show um, does its own thing. But its own thing is within the MCU anyway, so it's never completely extricated from that. I I agree with you. I like the consistency that it has with the MCU um, and that it adheres to the the story, like, it, it takes it as canon, everything that happens in the movies and relates that to the TV show. But I like the fact that they have the confidence to do their own thing. Yeah. Um, and and I think that's why it is such a strong show because they created their own world within that world. Yes. Um, and that's really important, especially as the story goes on and it becomes less about the MCU and more about them yeah yeah cool so which character do you think i'm like um that's really easy you're may (laughs) (laughs) and and i'll tell i'll explain why because because may is very much a you know resting bitch please face Um, oh thanks uh, but uh (laughs) but ultimately is fair and correct about it and that that is very much just a surface thing it's like you know the phrase um velvet glove iron fist Mm. I've always thought that you're the opposite 
your iron glove velvet hand <laughs> in the way that, you know, the, the exterior can be like very kind of like down to business, kind of like, no, come on, we've got to do this. But underneath it, you're doing that because fucking somebody's got to, you know. <laughs> and I think that most married couples can probably relate to that a little bit. Who do you think I'm going to say? The only character I can think of who I feel like I relate to at all is a character who hasn't come into the show yet. Okay, but who do you think I would pick? Because I'm just going on the characters that are in the show. I have no idea. I'm like, if you're talking about the characters over the whole show, then my answer would probably be different. But if we mine wouldn't. (laughs) (laughs) If we're talking about you barely finished the sentence. I was like, mate. (laughs) (laughs) If we're talking about season one and who I've got to pick from, you would definitely. I have no idea. You've got a bit of Colson. I think. Oh, really? I think so. Not so much in... <laughs> in your abilities. <laughs> <laughs> no, not in the, like, you know, you're getting shit done behind the scenes and I, and coming at the last minute and I suddenly realised that you knew what you were doing the whole time because that is not you. But It is, it's just very subtle. You were, <laughs> you were down with the punning and the jokes and you have a a deep sense of family and and group togetherness and you were all about working as a team. So that's you. Wow. I need to start um, pretending I've got an earpiece <laughs> when I do stuff. I uh, think cool. if you could have a reconvertible, you would. Oh, yeah, well, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm pushing 50 as well, so that, red life, that mid- midlife crisis will kick in with the red sports car. Yeah. So um, what was the... Spoiler question again. Obviously, we won't get to it yet, but I'm just, just uh, so the spoiler think question about it. is from memory. What is your favourite story arc from all seven seasons? Wow. Okay. Gosh, that's a tricky one. All right. I, uh, there's there's two, yeah, two that probably pop out initially for me, um, and it's not necessarily that they're the best ones, but they're the ones that have stuck with me. Yeah. Um, and I kind of love story arcs that stick like that yeah. so okay um, cool well we'll um, yeah. we we'll will revisit that yeah. in the spoiler section. so for those of you who um have seen the show before right through to the end uh, make sure you stick around so we can answer that question in the spoiler section and also remember that if you are watching the show for the first time that you can always go back after you finish watching the show and um, yeah, and you can listen to it there. Lovely email. I've just realised she sent a follow-up email. Oh, did <laughs> read, she? Read that. Okay. P.S. Just listen to the latest podcast, The Bridge, and it's your best yet. And I have to say, sorry, Hannah, but Mike, you have a sexy voice, but you need to let Hannah talk more. Uh-huh. <laughs> Mia, I totally and utterly agree. <laughs> we have actually had an off-mic argument about this because once Mike gets on a roll about something... I can I can sit here with my hand in the air showing him that I want to say something and he just blindly ignores it. So there you go. Someone else has said that I need to talk more too. Why, yes, Hannah, I would love a bit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so going to brain you. All right, okay. Um, so should we, should we do this? Should we uh, hit the pause and uh, watch this? <laughs> yes. Yeah, How- have you finished? <laughs> Okay. I'm going to be very self-conscious. Thank you, Mia. Thank you, Mia. That was a wonderful email. Yeah, cool. And I'm so pleased to have been backed up about, yeah, yeah, he talks too much. Uh, And he has got a great voice. Right, so uh, (laughs) let's uh, get on to the uh, (laughs) course, Serafinowitz. Okay, so we will, uh, as we always do, press pause here, and then we will go into the... uh, Shall I 
put the synopsis down again for everybody? Um, yeah, sure. While inv- well, I can't start this now, can I? <laughs> While investigating a problem at Shield Academy, Coulson and May turn up unexpected information about Sky's parents. All right, okay, guys, we'll see you on the other side and we will discuss this episode, Seeds. Hey, guys, Noel here. I just wanted to interrupt this movie podcast to tell you about another movie podcast you might want to add to your list. Every week, the newly rebooted Film Ramp podcast brings you a couple of casual reviews of whatever I've been watching and a little bit of chat about our beloved world of cinema. Sometimes new films, sometimes old films, very often both, but always just a little outside of the bigger mainstream release schedule. And in each episode, I also break down one item from the film news pages to offer my own thoughts and opinions in a section called Listen Up Hollywood. So, if you fancy a new, light and breezy film podcast on your listening schedule, why not give the all-new Film Ramp podcast a go? Just visit wearepodsyndicate.com or search the Film Ramp podcast on your favourite podcast app or provider. The world is full of evil and lies. You can't hide from it. You can only face it. Next Tuesday, brace yourself for a devastating all-new episode. We created a super storm. How bad is this going to get? Hold on tight. As one agent grapples with reality. They changed my memories. I have to say they didn't change more. Another comes face to face with her past. You can never tell her. I've been keeping something from you. It can't be worse than what I have imagined. It is. Marvel's Agents of Shield. All new next Tuesday at 8, 7 central on ABC. See full episodes anytime on Watch ABC and ABC. So we have just finished watching the episode Seeds. That's episode 12 of season one. And yes, Hannah, what are your Initial thoughts on this episode? I thought it was solid. I would put it up in one of uh, the like one of the top ones in terms of ranking, um, you know, scores out of ten kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't. It's not one I remember greatly, and it's not one that I'd probably go back and watch a whole heap more. Like it. it it moves the story on, it's got great exposition, it um, clarifies a few things, but I think it gets a bit forgotten in the general run of stories. Yeah. Um, I, that's not to say I didn't enjoy it, but it's probably not one that I would think, oh, I'm going to go back and watch Seeds. Whereas yeah. there are ones like The Well and things like that that um, I would go back and watch again. Yeah, it's weird actually. It's uh, it's it's interesting going back and watching these. How many really key um, story beats or revelations are in episodes that aren't specifically about those things? Yeah, you know, like uh, I mean, this episode, if you look at it, is um, the the A plot is kind of the monster of the week element, mm. and the B plot is actually. From a, a series like perspective mm. of the, the really big one, and I think that's interesting because I've talked before about how this show fits in the sort of the history of um, you know uh, network television, sci-fi, fantasy sort mm. of genre shows, and how you know you have standalones, you have story arc episodes, you have weird combinations, and this is kind of doesn't really fit any of those in mm. some ways, in the way that um, you know to have. Um, such a major storyline, i.e. Um, the origin of essentially the lead character, and that's tied up 
into a, to a certain extent um, Colson's search for himself is that what I, I suppose what we've talked before about themes of episodes and I think very much the core theme of this episode is the idea of truth seeking yeah very much uh, about truth seeking from start to finish and that that runs through it um but I think where this episode fails a little bit is that that theme doesn't really apply to the Monster of the Week plot. No. And they do do a nice little tying up thing at the end about friendship and they kind of cut between. Mm. But it almost feels like... I think it's interesting that this episode was written by a staff writer and a showrunner. I almost get the feeling that they maybe two scripts... They, like they, they had, had an to idea. Amalgamate. Yeah, they mm. had an idea for for a standalone episode, and they knew that they wanted to do so. They were like, right, okay, let's take that and take that. So it's I enjoyed everything in the episode, mm. but it, yeah, I did too. But it doesn't feel like though what they've done a lot of the time in the I show. I didn't get to the end of it and go, Ooh, yeah. I need to watch the next. No, one. but a lot of the episodes that we watched before, when they've had stuff with like a guest character, mm. like the one with that telekinetic woman, yeah, the subtext. The thematic, oh, there was lots of subtext in there. The subtext of that plotline mm. echoed the subtext of the story arcy plotline that was also yes. running in an episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas these two felt like two different things. Very different you know. things, yeah. And, and yeah, I, like uh, the the whole storyline with Donny um, and him being the loner and tricking Fitz into coming so he could sort his calling problem or whatever the hell it was, you know, how that all plays out. It felt, for me, it felt a little bit rushed. I didn't trust that he wasn't a quote marks bad guy from the start. Like, he's obviously portrayed as someone who's, there's something a bit dodgy. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think they went from a troubled kid... Uh, to someone about ready to be a bad guy a bit too swiftly. Like, I know he um, perpetuated his friend's death, but um, it it just felt a bit too much like they were trying to wrap a bow up on it. Well, if And, it, like, I can't, I can't remember if he even features again. Well, it felt like... An episode of the X Files, but done in twenty minutes, yeah. because a larger amount of time than normal was being spent on the B plot, because the B plot was such a substantial yeah. thing. Yeah. So, I mean, and, and it's weird actually. The, these sort of uh, criticisms are very much like a story structure thing, but mm. don't didn't actually interfere with my enjoyment of the episode. They're more looking at it from a detached sort of critical perspective. It's like, I can kind of see... I've watched enough geeky behind-the-scenes documentary on TV shows and writers' rooms. I can kind of see how this one happened. I bet they've got a writers' room with post-it notes up everywhere. Mm. And and I think at some point they were like, right, let's grab that post-it note and that post-it note, and they will go together. I, I, I thought... It was the most comic book style episode that we've seen so far. Um, even down to the fact that there's lots of voiceovers about stirring speeches being had while other characters are being looked at. And, yeah. you know, that, like that is a very, 
it's a very Spider-Man thing, yeah, I yeah, think. Yeah. Um, so that was that was quite interesting, and in that it was a very like I I felt like it was almost slightly cartoonish in ways, like not in a bad way, just in it was overt, yeah. in its comic bookness. Oh, I mean, I keep going back to the X Files, but this episode felt very X Files, like the right down to the fact that I mean, it started and ended like an X-Files episode where the pre-credit sequence where you've got the kids in the pool, that yeah. was like the first five minutes of an episode, of like about 50 episodes of the oh. X-Files. And also... I'm just going to say, I had a note about the fact that the whole students doing the naked swimming thing is so... I, th- I, I can think of, I don't know, a dozen teen movies that start yeah. that way. Or you slasher know. movies as yeah, well. It, it's it's just such a, a trope, you know, for... Um, let's put them in a dodgy situation and see what happens. Yeah. Doesn't matter if you're a shield cadet or just a normal person, the rules are always the same. Everybody swims naked. <laughs> just to finish off what I was saying about the, the, the X-Files thing, mm. is the end of the episode as well where he's been taken away and you can see him using his power again. That's such an X-Files thing where you'll see somebody in a cell and there'll be a little kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and but I think that the the one element of that storyline that I think does work is that it was an excuse to take us to the Shield Academy yes. and give a little bit of historical context to Fitz and Simmons, but also how their experience differed from Ward's and the idea that you've got these different ones. And I was thinking about how I could totally imagine. I don't think it would happen now. But I could totally imagine somebody doing a Shield Academy show, mm. like a real CW, oh, hot young okay. actors yep, yep, yep. kind of. And, and because De, um, Sky says in an earlier episode that um, she refers to it as um, the Shield Hogwarts, yeah. And I could imagine that almost like a kind of like a, like a more like an older, more sort of hormonal um, sort of. Um, you know, you know those shows like Arrow and Supernatural, that type of mm-hmm. uh, demographic. Yeah. Uh, or Smallville is another one of them, where you've got like you know twenty three or twenty four year old hot actors, mm. um, you know, with relationship dramas, but the context of a kind of boarding school for superhero world tech students. I could imagine that being a format for the show, and you can kind of see that here. So there was, and also getting to see. Fitz and Simmons in a context where they are kind of almost like celebrities. Yeah. Is yeah, an interesting sure. thing because they've always been shown as being kind of the the underdogs of the group. Mm. So to have that different perspective I think was an interesting thing. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I was just having a look for the woman who plays like the senior lecturer. Oh, the British actress. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. um, I know her from something but I can't. I can't find what it is. I think I've just seen her in a few Yeah, I reckon things. she's a very striking-looking woman, isn't she? She's, she's, in a yeah. lot, she's in a lot of genre. Yeah. A um, lot of genre stuff. I thought she did a, a good job at her role. And then the main lad, I can't remember his name, he's the one from 13's Re- 13 Reasons Why. Is that the that, that big Which Netflix? guy? Donnie? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I haven't yeah, seen yeah. it. Yeah, um, yeah. He's a kind of actor du jour at the moment. You know the Netflix show that was really controversial? That, that, yeah, I, that I know of, it, but I haven't, teen suicide I haven't drama. seen it. I, yeah. haven't, I don't know who stars yeah. in it. Um, th- that was, yeah, that's where I kind of recognise him. And, and again, he's fine. All those people are fine, but it is very much kind of just a, 
they're there too. And of course, you know, it does link in other elements of the show as well, like, um, oh, is it Quinn or what's the Quinn? Quinn, yeah, yeah Ian Quinn um, returns as well. Yeah. But, uh, but one thing as well I want to mention here that I think is a kind of a strength and a weakness of the show sometimes is that this is the, Hannah, you and I have talked before mm. about how you really need to keep up. With Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., it doesn't sort of slow down. And one of the things, one of my only criticisms of the show, and it does this a few times, and you could just say, oh, we'll just pay attention more, but some of it is on the show, is that a lot of the time they do blast through information and give you quite names-heavy exposition. Like at the beginning of this episode, when May and Coulson were having a conversation about the agents um, who were involved in the, the... delivery or the smuggling off to safety um moses style of um of sky, sky. Mm. um they're throwing off a lot of names and i think that a lot sometimes shield could be clearer in its expositional writing mm. there have been times where and i'm not a dumb person and i pay attention there are times where when I first watched Shield, where I got lost, mm. and I don't, and I think it's a little bit of kind of what I call expanse syndrome, mm. in the way that I don't think it's the show being smart. I think it's just the fact that I think sometimes writers can forget the audience and bring them in. They're not as immersed as they are. Yeah, in, and in a, the and story. with network TV, sometimes they can be guilty of telling, not showing. Yeah, and I felt like this episode there was a little bit of that with the Sky storyline where there'd be scenes of them explaining stuff and it was like I mean even um, at the end when Coulson is telling May about how um, Sky reacted mm. I kind of wanted to see that scene yeah and I understand why they did it that way because they wanted it to be a moment between May and Coulson and they wanted to give Coulson that moment not Sky but it should have been Sky's well, moment I, I think I think that was tying into the whole super comic book structure of it being told to you rather than visually shown to you. Yeah, with great great power comes great responsibility. Yeah, 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 they were totally doing that because, you know, they cut to Sky looking at the wall of heroes or whatever at S.H.I.E.L.D. with Coulson doing the big, you know, S.H.I.E.L.D. has looked after her and isn't her positivity amazing over the top of it. Like, I, I think this episode above all others, have been... It, it's almost like they put their stamp down saying, don't forget, this is a comic book series. Yeah. Just in case you've forgotten, we're not the FBI, this isn't real life, we're a comic book. Yeah. And we, like... We'll have those iconic It's going to get crazy. Yeah. Perhaps that's what the episode was for, to kind of say, don't forget everybody... We're going to go off in a really bizarre direction. Mm. Yeah, um, but also, I mean, yeah. I don't think. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not suggesting that they dumb it down, but no. I just think that. Yeah, I think that the show sometimes. I get what you mean. Could, can be yeah. a little bit clearer in the way that it almost feels like um, you shouldn't have to sit there with a, with with a pen and paper. And that there are times in the show where there'll be certain subplots, and I'll be like, you know what? I've kind of lost this. I'm just going to accept the fact. And let it go. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't matter because well, the show moves so thick and fast through storylines. We've had that a lot, like, um, in the later seasons when we've had the season break and we've come back and they've just, like, dived straight yeah. into the story. And we've been like, now who was that and what happened? And 
and we like I say we're not dumb people we yeah. we pay attention but yeah yeah um it's full on yeah i thought it was nice to see may and coulson have some warmth together and like not a rekindling of their relationship because it never broke down as such but um solidifying their friendship in spite of the fact that she knew stuff that she hadn't told him. And you can see that it was coming from a place of love rather than a place of, I'm just going to hold shit back. Well, they, they were both in exactly the same dilemma because she had stuff that she knew about him and he had stuff that he knew about Sky. Yeah. But the way that they both deal with it is different. And also it's interesting that there's a character reversal occurring in this episode in the way that you see May trying to bring him out mm. which is a, a really odd I, mean, I think he even comments on it in some way oh he does that's, yeah and that's when she admits to having sex with Ward which actually did make me giggle because she finally plucks up the courage to say about it and, and you're not even sure whether he even registered it yeah because he he sees the agent at the yeah, same time he's just sort of off in his own head um but like i i thought it was nice to see them having more of an interaction after like several episodes where he's very disconnected from the group and possibly only really connected to Sky mm. um in terms of interactions. Well it's interesting um, that you always... And then Ward and Sky also getting closer between the two of them, like um looking around the campus together and you know, having that sort of gentle banter um, that comes well, it, with knowing someone a bit more and getting comfortable. and yeah. It also reminds you that her and Ward are actually quite close in age. Yeah, and and in personality yeah. in lots of ways. Like there's, there's several reminders in this that Ward is actually still quite young. Yeah. You mentioned the relationship between Coulson and May, is that every TV show, every TV show that has a... You know that paternalistic kind of you know middle-aged white guy lead. Mm. You know whether that be uh, Patrick Stewart as Picard or um, you know Martin Sheen as like President Bartlett. Mm. They usually have that confidant character that they go to, and at the end of the episode, will have the summational conversation about you know the, the emotional journey that the episode's mm. taken us through. It's interesting though that Coulson's got two. One of whom is a peer, and the other of whom is a mentee. So, you his confidants really are May and Sky, mm. but there's a very different kind of power dynamic yeah, between for them. Sure. And that's great for the character of Coulson because it means that he can present different um, aspects of his personality. And actually, when you were saying about how. Um, like his dealings with May in this episode and how um, she deals with, um, like it, it shows how they deal with things. Like she held things back from Coulson, but Coulson's going to tell um, Sky what's going on. Um, I I put a note down that uh, about when May says to Coulson, you can never tell her when they find out about the agent being killed and um, the subsequent like running from people that happened to the other agent, um, and you can see that like that's her gut reaction is you can't tell her because it's not going to help her, 
it's going to put her in danger and this is a bad thing and we need to keep her from the truth and we need to just bury it. Complete pragmatism. Yeah. Whereas Coulson, like maybe Coulson would have felt like that a month prior to this experience, but now he's been in the situation he's been in, he sees it like she has a right to know regardless of the outcome. Well, he knows what it feels like to not have the, all the information exactly. because of what's going on with him. And even if it's not the outcome that she wants it to be or it's going to be painful um, or potentially dangerous, she still deserves to know the truth. When writers' rooms um, map out a season, they always say that every episode has to have some kind of revelation. Yeah. Whether that's a story revelation or a character revelation, the revelation this episode the most important moment in this episode Mm. and where this episode earns its keep within the larger storyline is the moment where Coulson turns around to May and says, I'm tired of secrets. Yeah. Because not only is that in relation to the secrets that have been kept from him, Mm. the secrets that he's having to keep from Sky, you know, May keeping secrets about her romantic life and um, what she knows about various things... Um, but also, we've had a few episodes now where they have juxtaposed the way that his team work and the way that the rest of S.H.I.E.L.D. work. Um, and I think that it's talk. he's basically acknowledging that they don't fit yeah. anymore. So yeah. when he says, I'm tired of secrets, what he's really saying is, I'm tired of bureaucracy, I'm tired of the man, I'm tired of mm. S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah, I'm going to do it my way. Yeah. yeah, and I think that that's... If, you, if, if the writer's room had a post-it note for each episode and said, right, this is what we want to achieve, I think the thing that they were trying to achieve in this episode was that epiphany, that mm. this doesn't work for me anymore. Yeah. Um, and also, that just thinking about that, that ties into um, a note I had about how um, this it's centred around an academy cadet's beginning of their S.H.I.E.L.D. experience um, then you have the agent who survived saving Sky um, talking about how they were fresh out of the academy. So there's all this kind of very much a newness to the way you're behaving. So That's when Coulson's saying, when Coulson is subliminally saying, I'm sick of bureaucracy and shield, he's basically a cadet fresh out of his experiences and ready to yeah, go in new and way. And I suppose also you've, you've kind of highlighted something there that maybe there is a connection between the, the A plot and the B plot in the form of that character of the a, the agent who basically, I mean, the storyline we're talking about here obviously is that... Um, the, the, that Sky was a oh eight four. Yeah, that she she was an an, an object of unknown origin. Yeah, and that she, her custodians were a part of some awful event. But also there was there's a conspiracy uh, element as well, mm-hmm. where yeah. after the fact people were getting you know. Um, I was about to say rubbed off, uh, rubbed out. <laughs> the, uh, I mean, that wouldn't be so bad, would it? Really, you know. Oh, and and that character who. Um, you know, like you say, it was... I mean, they said it was like... Um, I mean, it was, what, 23 years ago or whatever? So, I mean, yeah. he must have been, um, you know, pretty green. 
at that oh, point. Oh, absolutely. You know? So I guess yeah. there, is, there is a bit of a connection there. I, I, I almost get the feeling that it's the, the way... You can kind of see the writing a little bit in this episode. And I think that they were like, okay, you know, we, we'll have it, we need to have May and Coulson go off mm. and do all of the um, Sky stuff. Um, it kind of doesn't really matter what episode that subplot's in because they're off. All they need yeah. to do is reunite at the end. I, thought, I get the feeling at that point, they were like, well, do we have any stories, any Monster of the Week ones that are related to S.H.I.E.L.D. as a larger organisation? Let's push those two things together. I have had another thought that ties into the whole cadet school fresh out of the things element. Um, this might be reaching and it might be triggering what we do. for people, but... And I'm sorry if this does trigger anyone. Is there a connection between the two cadets getting together to create this thing and the manipulation of Quinn? Is that reminiscent of like school shootings in America? I think a little bit. I think only in the sense that I mean school shootings anyway. No, anywhere, I, I, but I get what like, you're saying, particularly where there's, there's, yeah. a, there's an element of it being a bomb as well. Yeah, um, I, I get the feeling, especially when um, for Donny, he has that backing out moment and potentially doesn't want to do it. Um, but there's the peer pressure there, and the weird loner. This, this is the only way we can be accepted. I, and, I, I, and, I think I think the answer to that is yes and no. I don't mm. think specifically that was what they were trying to do, but I just think that the, the oh no, I don't think it's specifically, no, me, but maybe just. Yeah. But, but yeah. I think that the the stereotype of the misunderstood loner has changed over the years because of things like Columbine yeah. informing in the same way that um, if you if you compare the 1970s Battlestar Galactica to the 2000s Battlestar Galactica, you could the main difference is 9/11 and Desert Storm, mm. and you can see the way that those two huge historical events um, have affected the aesthetics of the way that war is shown. Mm. And I just think that it used to be that the, the view of the, of the loner, of the freaky loner, was the, the grimy pervert in the flasher Mac. Mm. And then over the years, it's transformed into the, you know, the post trench coat mafia you know the the, mm. the post 9-11 uh, sorry not 9-11 the post Columbine um, view so I just think it was more just that these in the same way that the we talked about this the other week that the the serial killer now is the gentleman the refined the Hannibal Lecter the yeah. uh, Chianti and Fava Beans kind of mm. uh, s- serial killer and I just think it's a bit of that I just think right. it's if you're going to do teenage uh, vulnerable teenager you're gonna make you're gonna have these tropes right in okay. there. That's my view at least. Yeah. When Sky just makes a passing mention of Bucky Barnes. Could we on hold the... on to that and talk about that in the spoiler section? Because okay. I've got some thoughts on this, but they they are spoiler. Okay, fine. I w I won't forget, it's on my notes. Okay. okay I like the so... fact that when sorry, this is at around the same point you're talking about here. Um when they and this is kind of tied into something that you mentioned the other week as far as the type of language I'm going to use, but the bit where May, it feels like May and Coulson are kind of 
leaving the kids at home oh, a little definitely. bit when they go off. Yeah. And um, I also like the fact, because I think that this was around the time they were developing the show, they mentioned SS- the SSR. Yeah. Because I- I'd never been completely clear about the relationship between SSR and S.H.I.E.L.D. And I think that I probably... I don't know, I'd gone for a piss or something during that line of dialogue. Because I'm like, oh, okay, there he is. Thank, thank you for clarifying the historical. I mean, I knew it was like an earlier version of it, but they kind of lay it out a little bit here, yeah, which yeah. I think was a nice touch because obviously um, the Agent Carter show was not too far off at this yeah. point. Yeah. I thought it was interesting that when the Superstorm starts and they descend the plane through the hole in the eye of the storm, mm. that... Um, you see Sky strapped in, and even with the superstorm going on, the misery on her face is completely unconnected to the storm. It's all about her parents. And I also like the fact that Colson's holding her hand. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And it's, but it feels mutual. It feels oh, like he's getting strength from her as well. It's 100% like, you know. mutual, yeah. Um, I also thought that there was a really nice um, tie-in with when, when the... The friend dies in this storm um, when Coulson stops Simmons from trying to resuscitate him, and that sort of symbolism of let the person die naturally. Like, yeah, as sad as it is, and as much as we want to revive these people and make it all okay, that sometimes you just have to let someone go. Yeah. Um, because he wasn't allowed to. Yeah, and he's obviously. Um, realizes the value of that now yeah um and i thought it was like it was such a small moment but i thought it was actually a really strong moment it was a strong moment because it wasn't verbalized Mm. if he'd have said hey you know i died and came back um so i don't want that to happen to someone else it was just there for the audience to kind of take um everything else i have to talk about is a spoiler okay let me have a quick look not that I have messes, but yeah, yeah. yeah no, I've I've got a fair bit actually. Spoiler wise, it's funny. In in I noticed that the the episodes that are very story arc heavy, I kind There's of not leave, a lot of spoilers. You leave everything on the floor. Yeah, um, and and I think again that's testimony to the fact that, and I don't want to get into this too much because you could argue it's a spoiler because it's talking about the nature of the show, but because um, Agents of Shield doesn't have very huge long form storylines. They, a lot of the time, those big episodes are the ones where they're revealing it all. Mm. So the episode itself is the spoiler. Mm. Um, whereas the episodes that we've had the most to talk about, spoiler wise, are the episodes that are kind of standalone with a little bit of stuff because yeah. they're alluding to shit that's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that's kind of more substantial, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but. Um, only other things I wanted to mention is so, so we get the ex agent tell the story of the baby who was the as we mentioned the object of a known origin, mm-hmm. um, and that the agents get you know crossed out and disappeared. We get and we get the return of Ian Quinn as well, who we see that the tech is being developed for, and it reminded me a little bit of the Sam Rockwell character in Iron Man Two. Yeah, you get the idea that there's these kind of dodgy versions of S.H.I.E.L.D. I mean, not even necessarily HYDRA, but just... He's out for the money. Yeah, that yeah. the, there's all of these, this tech out there. Um, and all we see in the show is S.H.I.E.L.D.'s relationship to that. Yeah. But of course, you're going to have every... It's a little bit about how, during the Cold War, 
everybody was worried about um, Russia. Mm. And it was like, no, no, it's it's all these little fucking countries you've got to be worried about. Yeah. You know, and, and this is almost like the, the Marvel Universe equivalent of that. That no, no, it's the it's the small it's the island of nutters who've got like a few of these things but could still do serious fucking damage. Well it's a, a like just to go off into a different TV series completely, but a bit like the Mandalorian, after the Empire's fallen, it's shitty little Werner Herzog that's ruling his planet mm. because there's no one else to... Well, you'll have loads you of know. people who'll be like, you know what, I was actually better off mm. with the Empire. At least the trains ran on exactly. time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And also we, we, we finish off in the, the post-credit scene, sort of pre-credit post-credit scene, if you know what I mean. We get a, um, a reminder of the clairvoyance. <laughs> clairvoyant. I said clairvoyant that time. I was really careful you to. You just said clairvoyant. Okay, so can we just accept the fact that that's how I say it and I can't change it now? Okay. Yeah, so we get a reminder of the the larger storyline going on and how everything's connected. Should we call them the psychic? <laughs> no. But, uh, yeah, so we get a reminder that there is the larger storyline going on. Um, and, uh, yeah, so before we get into spoilers, do you want to... Um, just uh, yeah, sum up your feelings about this episode and uh, where it fits within what we've seen so far in season one. Yeah, it was a, a good episode. I enjoyed watching it. I don't think it was the best level of episode that there has been. There have definitely been better ones. It it wasn't bad by any stretch of the imagination, but it, it just um, kind of ticked a few boxes. It didn't make me... Um, gasp at any um, at any point. I'd probably give it a seven and a half, eight out of ten, mm, somewhere around that. there. Mm. Yeah, I mean, there's some important information in there, but it's it almost feels like some of the scenes were there to be on future, previously on Agents of Shields. Yeah, you know, it's kind of which episode that um, information was parcelled out in is kind of. Uh, um, irrelevant, but uh, no, I thought it was a fine episode, a lot of fun, looked good. Mm. Uh, you know, there's some pretty big CG effects, which at this point in the season, you know, you, you, you're probably having to pinch your pennies and, and they still manage to make it look good. And um, yeah, a few things I'm looking forward to speaking about in the spoiler section because there were a couple of oh, ah, sort of moments. Mm. Um, but uh, but yeah, so for those listeners who um, are watching uh, Agents of Shield for the first time. We will be leaving you here. Uh, is there anything else you want to add before we uh, no. before we do that? Um, no. And um, next week we will be talking about the episode tracks, episode thirteen. I know that yes. because Hannah has helpfully left up uh, Disney Plus on the uh, on the television for us. And um, and yes, the uh, the team boards a mystery train that seems headed for certain death. Wow. I don't remember that. <laughs> no, me either. That'll be interesting. Yeah. It's interesting that there's several episodes back-to-back that are all initials as well. Of, well, uh, two. Oh, was Seeds not one as well? Oh, was that just one? I don't uh, think so. Just two. Two. <laughs> just two. Clairvoyance. How's that? That was much better. I can only do it by pretending, but it's someone's name. Yeah, Clairvoyant. <laughs> Miss Voyant. My Claire... name is Voyant. Claire Oswald Voyance, a.k.a. (laughs) I'm not going to go there. Um, (sighs) Oh, you love it, really. 
So, yes, we will God be back. God knows why. We will be back talking about that episode presently, and we'll be back almost immediately talking about what we've thought of the episode from a spoilers perspective and the, the greater context of the show. Mm. Um, but if you are leaving us, I would just like to remind you, of course, how you can reach us, and you can do that through email at rewatchprojectpodcast at gmail.com, uh, or you can reach out to us over Twitter at rewatchproj keep that feedback coming because i'm just loving the questions mm. thank you again mia for your amazing email it was fantastic yeah and and feel free um as uh, as mia did in that email uh if you've got questions or comments that are for spoiler or non-spoiler then we, we can split them oh actually oh. yeah we can do that oh trust me i've got more to say Oh, yes, of course. So we can answer that. So uh, so what we'll do is we'll take a short break and then we'll come back and we'll do some spoilers, including answering the spoiler question that Mia... Do you want me to bring that up again or are you... Um... Uh, no, I think I'm OK, but I'm like, I... Yeah. We should go and do that now. Yeah, okay. that's a good idea. Be right back. Yeah. I'm clearance level six. I know that Agent Coulson was killed in action before the Battle of New York. Got the full report. Welcome to level seven. Sorry, that corner was really dark and I couldn't help myself. I think there's a bulb out. We're back in the spoiler section, so uh, I realised that I came really close to saying Daisy. Oh, I I came really close to saying I Daisy said, several Duh. times. Uh, and then stopped. And I don't know why I haven't struggled with that that much. But no. yeah, I think you feel... If I you... think because it's getting closer to finding out stuff about her parents and it's yeah. getting a bit more ramped up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. I'm starting to think of her as Daisy. Well, more. I keep... I keep thinking, is it Sky now or is it Daisy? Like because I keep forgetting which way it goes. That's how Sinclair is veiling, isn't it? For, yeah. uh, for, for the yeah. show, is uh, Sky is Daisy? Then Daisy is Quake. <laughs> um, well, should we answer the question? Um, so first, I want to say that you, in terms of character, are Deke. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. <laughs> you are a hundred percent Deke. Mia, Mike is Deke. I think as far as as far he's as he's very well meaning, how, but does fuck things up occasionally. As far as how he kind of reacts to things, yeah. Uh, and I think also it's because he's like the least heroic <laughs> character in the show. Well, no, well, no, no I don't, well, he, uh, he is heroic, but he also makes some absolutely monumental fuck he, He's the most normal person he in the show. Is, yeah. So I think that if, if, as far as relatability, I mean, I'm not, you know. There's a lot of characters in this show who uh, who are, let's be honest, they're all exceptional at what they do. Yeah. And that makes it difficult for mere mortals to oh, relate to. A hundred percent. And the show's yeah. about that. The show's about yeah. how it's difficult to relate to people yeah. who do that. So I think the thing about Deke is that you can relate to him because if I had time travel... I would go back to the 80s and plagiarise loads of shit pop songs yes, and be in a band. Would. And I would yes, be. You and, would. and at the very end of season seven, I love the fact that they invite him to go. And he's just like, no, I'm good. I'm just going to stay and just have a fucking laugh, basically. <laughs> yeah, you, you 100% would. And I'd create my own shit version of Shield, just like he does as well yeah. with, like, with my mates. Come on, guys. We could be sh- like Shield. But shit. <laughs> we call it shit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so in terms of storylines, um, the two... Oh, that, no, story arcs, was uh, it? Sorry, story arcs. The two that jump out of, at me um, 
the first one and probably yeah probably um I don't want to say my absolute favorite because there's the other one I'm going to talk about is pretty high um but Simmons being in the uh obelisk parallel world yeah oh, I think it one episode though wasn't it no it's more than one episode oh was it yeah she gets she gets dragged in at the end of season two. Oh, okay. Um, and then it takes like it doesn't take ages. Oh, but, I suppose there's, there's, there's the one episode where you really see her and her involvement in it. Yeah, it it takes like four or five episodes to get her out again. Yeah, but yeah. Then yeah. there's a big knock on effect in terms of her relationship with. Oh, this. I see. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like I like I like all of that, and I love the fact that they have already shown that parallel world that you don't know about mm. in um what was that episode with the the guy who was it was the earlier episode, in the season yeah 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 it was the the woman who they thought were moving things with the mind yeah the telekinetic yeah, yeah. repairs i think that one was wasn't something it something like that yeah um i really enjoyed that story arc um and i like the fact that the obelisk that takes Simmons away, comes back into effect in later episodes, I think in the space episode, is yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Um, at the very end of that when May has to go in and kind of fight mm. whoever. Um I mean I'm I'm going off memory here, so I probably get a lot of details wrong. But um I do I love I love that story arc. Um and I think about it a lot. So yeah, um, that story arc at the beginning of season three is is a a fun one for me. I really enjoyed that. Um, also, the Ghost Rider story arc followed by the Ada story arc, mm. a virtual reality one. Um, I love. I loved all of that. Um, so basically, for me, seasons three and four particularly strong. I think yeah. and. Good, good storylines, good characters, good bad guys. Um, things move on at a pace, and things get wrapped up pretty quickly, um, which I I really like. I like brevity. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's my answer. Uh, the the one that jumped out to me when um, you asked the question was um, the Ghost Rider one, purely because um, it's just so compact it's like mm. five or six episodes and it's just you know works really well it's actually eight uh, is it yeah mm. okay but, but so it's not like a whole season no um but really to be honest with you the, the one the two that really jumped out at me are the end of season one yep. the whole the hydra thing yeah um and also season seven because mm. season seven is a short season it's like 12 episodes um and I really liked what they 13. did. Uh, 13. Okay. Yeah, I, I like the fact that it sort of jumped around, that they had the time travel thing. But also, it feels like it used the cast really well. Everybody had stuff to do. Everybody had interesting stuff to do. I think there was a really good balance between sort of humour and stakes. And it felt like it was building to something. Um, the fact that it was a shorter season meant that it kind of didn't drift too much. Like it was I re- a real love letter to them as well, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, and, and I mean, and I, lo- I love the season that's set in space, but that's quite a long season, mm. and it feels like there's a few episodes where 
it kind of drifted a little bit, and then they were like, right, okay, now we have to get back on. Yeah. And uh, the and the final yeah the final season I just really enjoyed. I just I liked the fact that because they were jumping around time, it, there was a real um, visual diversity. Mm. You know, because you were having episodes that were set in the thirties one week, and then episodes that were set in the eighties the other week. Yeah. And they were doing that fringe thing of having the different opening credits every week, and I just think it gave the show a real energy. And it had a real sense of, you know, that wonderful feeling when you're working your notice period at work mm. and you kind of don't give a shit, yeah. but you still give a shit because, you know, you want to have a, you, you don't want to burn any bridges and you want to no. have a good reference. It kind of felt like that. It felt like the last whole of the last season, they were just working their notice. Mm. And I find that when I'm working my notice at work, I actually do really exceptional work mm. because a lot of the anxiety and self-consciousness and sense of consequence is gone. Mm. So you don't overthink and you just kind of ex- you get just in the zone, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And the final season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. really felt like that. It felt like they really were confident. They knew mm. what they were doing. But they weren't overthinking it. They were just like, hey, I fancy doing this. Okay, let's do this. And mm. then they did it really well because by that point, they were a very well-oiled machine. And they had a really, I think that they, you know, a lot of the cast had changed and people had come and gone, but it felt like they'd got a really good mix of characters at that point. Mm. And they were just having a lot of fun. And I think that showed. So really for me, it's, and I think that's a nice thing to be able to say about a show, that it's a story arc at the at the end of the first and final seasons. Mm. That's a bit of a cake-and-eat-it sort of answer. But, uh, but okay, so are there any episodes, anything, uh, sorry, any spoilers um, specifically relating to this episode that you want to mention? Uh, yes. Um, well, let's go back to the Bucky Barnes thing, because what did you want to talk about there? Well, the reason I mentioned it was that um, this episode aired just before um, Winter Soldier came out. Oh, okay. So what I was going to ask was, um, so obviously they mentioned Bucky Barnes in passing, and I've literally written, where was Winter Soldier in relation? Yeah, and they also mention Hydra. And it felt like they were limbering up. Yeah. They were like, okay, uh, so this is was coming. this like sort of weeks after it came out, or yeah? Well, I mean, obviously the the episode of Shield where it's revealed that Hydra have taken over and that, that Grant is evil mm. aired the week that Winter Soldier came out. Okay, and this is sort of several weeks before. I'm just having a look at when it. No, it just says 2014. Yeah, so the short answer is they knew that Winter Soldier was coming out in a few weeks and also, most importantly, their episode that was going to run adjacent to that was coming out. Yeah. So they were just dropping these little sort of pebbles in the water. Mm. Um, And it it is interesting that, you know, because it's such a... Bucky Barnes is just such a random person to mention. Yeah, it just Um, seemed a bit like flag... Flag postings, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sign postings, so, sorry. So I, th- I think that flag posting, <laughs> fifty punchy. Um, so <laughs> hand uh, wrestling, <laughs> yes. Large audience at a football match. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I think that this was just that they knew that that was coming up, and they were like, "Hey, let's just uh, yeah, you know, mention this." Um, just going back to what I'd said in the non-spoiler about how it was a real comic book type episode um the two major spoiler things i thought um that it really focused on within that was um at the start when ward's talking about bad seeds to sky and what a bad seed is and and she kind of mocks him and says 
you know, it's not a shield term, yeah, it's yeah. just a term. But the fact that he's the one saying it yeah, yeah. Um, and, and basically describing himself. In yeah, it. there's a dramatic irony there, isn't yeah. there? Yeah, and then at, and the voiceover at the end um, when Coulson's saying the world is full of pain and death and sadness and all this kind of thing and the camera pans to Ward ostensibly looking... Um, sort of proud almost. Proud at Sky, um, but... It's it's subconsciously saying he's the one that's going to cause yeah. the pain. It's and interesting. Death. What I was thinking during that scene is if Hydra had never gone overground in Grant's lifetime, mm. he'd have just lived carried he'd on living his life. Just be a company man, yeah. You know, and w- maybe would there have been a point? Like maybe if like he'd stayed until season seven, <laughs> let's yeah. say. Maybe he would have got to a point where he was past his conditioning. You know, who knows? Yeah. I mean, there was always a potential for that within him. Yeah. But I mean, I think just, once I think yeah. once the, the, the big red button had been pushed, once Order yeah. 66, so to speak, to, to use a Star Wars term, had occurred, I don't think there was any going back. But I, I do wonder that if, you know, he'd have had a few more time with these people, whether that would have been the case. I mean, it's, it's all hypothetical, but... Uh, but mm. it is interesting to go back and think, you know, how much of this is just misdirection mm. and how much of it is the writers just really doubling down on the idea that that it's actual brainwashing, mm. you know, that it's not, you know, it's not brainwashing in the science fiction sense, it's brainwashing in the real world yeah. um, sense of... Oh, as much as it's seven years since I've seen this, so I can't remember the nuances to his bad guyness, but... I remember feeling like if he had been given a break, he would have been a, a good guy. Yeah. So I think brainwashing comes comes down to it a lot. Yeah. I also thought the the way Ward is sort of called out on caring for Fitz um, when he sends him off to befriend the student, the you know Donnie or whatever his name is, and Sky and Simmons kind of give him a bit of shit about the fact he's got a heart and he's, you know, trying to keep his team member safe. Yeah. That is a bit of foreshadowing for the fact that he puts Fitz and Simmons in that box and sends them into the ocean rather than just outright killing them. Yeah. Because even though it seems like a sadistic thing he's done... He kind of knows that if anyone's going to get out of that situation, yeah, it's Yeah, it almost them. feels like subconscious procrastination, yeah. doesn't it? He wants to save them, but he also can't save them. Yeah, and I think maybe the writers weren't sure. Uh, I, I, I think that even at the end of season one, I think that there was a feeling that he could potentially have been redeemed. But I think yeah. that then, when they started introducing newer characters like Mac... Mm. Uh, and, and Adrian, cheese. <laughs> no, <sorry>. <laughs> <laughs> friends, uh, reference there. Adrian Pelicki's yeah. character, and yeah. that they were kind of like, yeah, we don't actually need that character. That character void has been filled, so yeah. let's just go all the way and have him like go full mustache twirling from here on out. Mm. You know, and I, and I think that was probably the right decision to make. Is is the uh, um, you know, and I think also there was, and he's great at playing a bad guy. Oh yeah, yeah, he's um, just good at the role. Yeah. And I think that if you're the actor, it's better from a typecasting perspective. Well, there's to, more to, to it to if you're both. a bad guy. Yeah, it's like I mean, 
David Boreanaz always said that the best thing that happened to him was when they made Angel Evil because he said straight away he was like, oh, okay, I'm not going to get Mark Hamill here. Mm. I'm not going to forever be the brooding James from Twin Peaks, James Dean kind of guy. Mm. Um, I've got a bit of being a bastard on my CV now. Mm. And that's sort of good from an actor's perspective. That's mm. a good thing to have, you know. Yeah. But, um, that's all I had. Okay. Um, Literally. Yeah, okay. So, that, yeah, that's that's me for this week as well. So we will be back with a, uh, as I mentioned earlier on, we'll be covering Season uh, 1, Episode 13, Tracks, next week. Stay safe, everybody. Wash your hands. Be kind to each other. We mask. Yeah, do all that stuff. We will see you when we next want to watch an episode of S.H.I.E.L.D., basically, yeah. I think is... Uh, and when I can actually basically at, at the point we are now, we've got two in the bank. Yeah. So Mike needs to pull his finger out and edit them and get them out. Yes, I will do that. I will do all of the work. <laughs> all of the work. All of the work. All right. See you later, guys. Bye. Bye. as part of the Pod Syndicate family. For more criminally compelling shows, articles, and conversations, head to wearepodsyndicate.com.